in order to protect your business, you have to have things in place that protect you. Because if you can't be there in full energy and mind and force, then your business can't grow either. Welcome to the Piano Sensei Way. I am your host, Clinton Pratt, and I'm here to help you master the art of running a successful piano teaching studio. Today, we are excited to have Tiffany Smith back with us. She's our first duplicate or repeat guest. <laughs> so welcome, Tiffany, and um, remind us where you are and, and what you do. Yeah, so I am in Phoenix, Arizona, and I run and own Keybox Studio, which is a group lesson format. And we have about 200 kids that come for lessons each week. And I've been doing that for the last six years. Before that, I taught privately for a long time. So it's been a fun journey. Yeah. So episode three was the way to do away with makeup lessons. Mm -hmm. And I know a lot of people appreciated that. Um, and today this is related. We're going to be talking about how to be confident in your policies, including mm -hmm. no makeup lesson policy or whatever it is. Yeah. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm excited about this and I think it's definitely an important thing. Um, why do you think it's important to be confident in your policies? So I came up with three main points that I think are important and the why and the how to be confident I think um, comes down to policies give protection they give efficiency and increased satisfaction and I want to point out that I believe that those three things go both ways between not only the studio owner but the client and so it's super important in my mind to have policies and to make sure that they're focused on those three things. Okay. So do you want to break those down? Yeah, I think that'd be fun. I think that'd be a really fun, fun idea. Okay. So as I was analyzing my policies and thinking about them, I also came to realize I'd never thought about this before until this morning, but to me, there's two parts of every policy and one is foundational and the other is operational meaning so to give an example let's say we're talking about your lesson schedule the foundational would be to say I offer weekly lessons or I offer this annual learning program with 48 learning experiences right and then the operational would be to say things like, um, we offer it weekly, unless otherwise specified on the calendar, or you know the operational details of that policy. Same with tuition. Tuition would be, the foundation would be, tuition is X number of dollars a month. And the, and the operational would be, you pay it every month on the first via automatic payments. Mm -hmm. Does that make sense? Yeah, absolutely. Can you see the idea? Mm -hmm. Okay, so as I thought about that, when you think of protection and the protection that a policy can give, I thought of what are the things that I protect most in my life? And it's the things that you care about most. So obviously my family, you know, I would be very protective of them and my friends. So obviously if I care about my business, I want to protect it. And I think sometimes in our industry, there's this idea that having policies or enforcing policies is selfish. And I don't believe that. I believe that when we protect something that we love or that we value, that is the opposite of selfish or self-centered maybe, right? So in order to protect your business, you have to have things in place 
that protect you. Because if you can't be there in full energy and mind and force, then your business can't grow either. So I think protection, protecting yourself is one of those main things. For me, it's hard sometimes to protect myself because I want to give to others. Yeah. And I want to make sure that my people, my clients are all happy. And so I tend to give to everyone else and forget. Myself. Yeah, I, actually, no. Um, Good for you. But but um, it's weird because I am a, a sympathetic person and okay. compassionate and empathetic and all that. But somehow, I don't know what's in me. I know that I have to protect myself and protect my business. Mm -hmm. And like, I know how to say no. I've been that way for a long time, even in college, you mm -hmm. know, and people knew I played piano. Like, oh, will you accompany me for this or help me with this? Like, mm -hmm. no, I can't. I'm, you know, I'm sorry. Mm -hmm. Good for um, you. Yeah. So, but I, I know a, a lot of teachers are like that as far as they think they need to be generous. And I, I don't even know mm -hmm. how to explain it, you know, but like they want to be accommodating and, yes. and generous and, you know, yeah. and I was thinking about this when you said protection, because some teachers would say if they want to protect their business, meaning, you know, maintain income and everything, mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. then they won't be confident in their policies because they don't want to like lose a student. You know, they don't want to yes. make them mad or do something, you know, for example, oh, you know, I know you have a no makeup policy, but can you just this once because of blah, blah, blah. And then the teacher might think, oh, I don't want to lose a student. I want to protect my business. So I'm going to be accommodating and say yes. And then I'm not strict mm -hmm. with my policies. Right. But uh -huh. what you're saying is almost the opposite is no, that's the opposite. You need to be confident in your policies and enforce mm -hmm. them because that's going to protect you and your business. Yes. So I think that is such a good and valid point because sometimes I think that we make short-sighted decisions as you said, in an effort to protect our business and make sure we don't use, like, lose a client, that in the long run might be hurtful and not beneficial to the mm -hmm. business. And that's a hard, hard balance to keep, I think. So in going on with protection, because I mm -hmm. thought this was interesting as I thought about it, when we're protecting the business, then we have a clear understanding of expectations and standards. And it reduces potential for errors and conflict, which I think is huge. Like that's a huge protection down the road. So if that, if that policy is in place, then it's a, protect, a protection against those things. Um, I think that it also protects us against favoritism and discrimination, you know, all those different things that could possibly come into our business and be very damaging. And then this one for sure, making arbitrary decisions. I am so guilty of that. If I don't have something firm and in place and someone approaches me and they want something, I'm very likely to give them whatever they want because I don't know what else to do. And then that causes problems down the road, you know? So just having a clear policy to me is protective in those main ways that I think are incredibly beneficial. Yeah. And it's interesting because even though you might be the one who makes the rules, so you could break them, mm -hmm. but there is, there is something, there is some comfort for me to just realize, well, no, sorry, this is the rule. Mm -hmm. um, I blame it on the rule, even though I'm the one that made the rule, right? But it mm -hmm. is it is easier. Like I, I, I find contentment in saying like, yes. well, no, sorry, this is the policy. Mm -hmm. Instead of saying, well, no, sorry, I'm deciding to say no to your request, mm -hmm. right? Even though it's kind of the same thing, but 
yeah, it is nice to just like, oh, this is the rule. Like, yes, mm -hmm. I made the rule, but I'm not trying to make an arbitrary decision or I don't have to make the decision. It's already, I already made the rule. Right. Right. I already did the work. I already made the rule. Mm -hmm. <laughs> it's so true. It's so true. And it, if you have that in place and you can fall back on that and be confident, as we talked about, I like to say confident, but kind in being able to say, oh, I understand that you need to miss that lesson. I don't give makeup lessons, but I wish you all the best in your party or your sports event or whatever it is, you know, mm -hmm. and, and, and being able to be fair with everybody because um, just this week I saw a post on one of the groups and it was a teacher who called out a specific group of people and said, why are blank always the ones to da, 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 da. And I thought, oh, you got to be so careful because now if you start enforcing that rule or your policy, but you only enforce it to a certain group of people because you have this idea in your mind of how they act or what they want, you are setting yourself up for big trouble in discrimination if they find out, for one, it's just not cool, but for two, again, for protection against being accused of being discriminatory against a certain group or kind of people. Yeah. So policies help keep us in line to be fair mm -hmm. and also non-judgmental, non right? That it's, it's the same across the board for everybody. It doesn't matter who you are or what you do or anything. It's just the policy. It's just the way that it is. Right. So I like that a lot. Yeah, that's good. Now, one of the things I want to go back to is avoiding misunderstandings. And, and policies put things in place. People only know what they know. And they only know what they know from past experiences. So I've seen many times, especially early on in my career, where somebody would come to me from another teacher and they would expect what the other teacher had done rather than what I do. And so if there wasn't a clear policy, there would have been some big misunderstandings. And I have a friend who just had a situation where she hired somebody, different industry, to do something for her. No policy was given. No outline of what she was going to be receiving was given. My friend had one idea in her mind of what it was. What she got was something totally different. And she paid a fortune for it that she wasn't planning on paying. And it did not leave a good, you know, experience in her mind. And in my mind, the person offering the service lost business because there wasn't a clear and defined policy and outline of what the client was receiving. And mm. now that person will never refer her for business, right? So yeah. a policy is protection against damages like that, where people just didn't understand what they were getting. Yeah. So. Do you want to move on to number two, the, yeah. the efficiency? Yeah, that's a great idea. Okay, so efficiency, in my mind, is one of the most important. I think it's one of our most undervalued sometimes. Um, but having a clear policy puts the framework for efficiency in place. For example, um, I think of how payments are made. And again, not that long ago, I just saw someone post and they were frustrated because payments were coming in at all different times in all different ways. And, and someone said, well, how do you take your payments? And she said, cash, check, Venmo, PayPal, <laughs> you know, and she list off, listed off all of the ways that she takes payment. And I thought, oh my goodness, this is the, this is the issue is efficiency right? You have created this opportunity to be frustrated because of the inefficient policy or process that you have. Mm -hmm. and, and while it may seem that, let's say that this teacher, I have no idea how many students they have, but let's just say this teacher has 10 students and she's accepting five different ways of 
payment. And every month she spends 30 minutes tracking down who paid what and where they paid it to and transferring those funds from wherever they are to wherever they need to be. Well, it's 30 minutes of time that you could have spent doing something far, far more valuable for your business or for yourself, right? And so even though 30 minutes of time doesn't seem like a lot, it's a loss mm -hmm. of value somewhere if it's time spent unnecessarily. So I think efficiency is more important than we make it to be. I, I met with a young entrepreneur earlier in the week and total different industry, but I love talking to it with him because of his idea. And he's just starting out. And he said, every decision I make, I think, how would this work if I had three clients? How would this work if I had 10? How would it work if I had 50 or 100? And what if I had 1,000? Mm -hmm. And I was like, oh, you are genius. You are genius. And you're going to do so well because you're thinking ahead. Does he really think he's going to have a thousand clients? I don't know. You know, maybe he will. Maybe that's not even what he wants. But if he makes the decisions so that they'll be effective as if he had a thousand clients, then he'll run efficiently. And so I thought that was just a huge and valuable insight. And if your policy isn't allowing you to run efficiently, then I would suggest looking at it and making a change because time is valuable. You know, time is money, time is growth personally or financially, all those things. And if you're wasting it in small ways, those small ways add up and, and cause frustration. And, and the reality is this person that posted saying, I do this and this and this and this, they're frustrated and they're going to have to change the policy which is going to cause frustration to those who like paying however they want to pay, where if that policy had been in place initially, that frustration would be eliminated, right? It would just be the expectation. Yeah. Yeah. And I think that's common in our industry. And, you know, that teacher and probably others in their defense, or not defense, but maybe an explanation Yeah, is, is you know, they, they want to offer... A, as many options as possible, you know, mm -hmm. so, okay, maybe somebody wants to pay check and somebody wants to pay cash. Right. Mm -hmm. But yeah, like you said, maybe if they only have three clients, that's fine. One of them brings cash. One of them pays per check. One of them mm -hmm. does something else, but then yeah, as they grow, then it's going to be all these different formats. Mm -hmm. And then, yeah, then what are you going to do? So mm -hmm. I like the, the advice of, you know, think, thinking ahead and thinking when you're bigger mm -hmm. is, is that going to be efficient yeah now maybe some people don't want to grow like okay i'm fine with, with mm -hmm. five clients three flat clients or whatever but most people do you know they and yeah, yeah. well and like i said whether or not you want to grow being a good steward of your time a good you know being accountable to your time and making mm -hmm. sure that your time is being used in a way that's going to benefit not only you, but again, them, you know, those clear, this is how I do it. And, 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 and that's the other thing I was thinking in my mind, I was like, would anybody really be that upset? You know, if I get an invoice from my accountant or from my lawn service or my pool guy, and it has a PayPal link to pay it, I don't get upset and think, I don't want to pay PayPal. I want to do Venmo, you know, I just, I just do what I need to do to pay them. Mm -hmm. And I think it's the same, you know, for us, I think in our minds, we're giving them this great freedom and service to pay how they want to when really in reality, it's not that valuable to them that it would change whether or not they come and do business with you. Does that make sense? Right. Like, I think we're putting more value on it than they are. And, and we should, again, protect our time and our, serve, our business in simplifying and making sure that it's sufficient. I don't think anyone would complain about that. Right. Okay. Now, okay, to play devil's advocate. Okay. So here's a scenario of a prospective client and, you know, they come for a consultation or whatever and... And, mm -hmm. the, and the teacher says, okay, great. So yeah, I'd love for you to sign up. Um, 
we take um, credit card payments only or something. Mm -hmm. And then the client says, oh, I really wanted to pay cash. So mm -hmm. then, you know, is your advice to the teacher, well, no, you got to stick to your guns and say okay. credit card only and maybe <laughs> lose that student, right? Or right. what? Well, for me, yes, I would stick to my guns. Mm -hmm. But I understand that everybody has a different need, a different level of comfort in being able to say no. And so while I understand there might be some pressure to say, okay, fine, I'll take your cash. I do think that I would, if, if a teacher is tempted to do that, I think that I would push it as far as I could to see if I could convince that person to do it differently mm -hmm. by explaining what we've talked about, the protection, the efficiency, and the satisfaction, right? By being able to say, I do all of my payments by credit card. I do that so that there's a record. I pay the credit card fees. There's no fee to you to do it. We have a record. All of the payments are documented accurately, and we don't run the risk of lost cash. Because I saw that not too long ago. A teacher was in a in a battle with a with a client because they said, well, no, we paid. And she said, I know they didn't pay. But this client was determined, no, we did. We paid. Well, they paid in cash. There was no mm. record. There was nothing. There was, you know, and so what do you do? Well, the teacher's probably going to be the one to lose out on that because a client's not going to pay twice if they think that they already paid. That's not going to look, you know, it's just, again, that loss of protection. And so I think explaining it that way and maybe saying, is there, you know, do you have a concern with paying by credit card? Is it security? You know, and then you address the security systems that are in place while also pointing out how time, how much time it saves and how easy it is. And I'll help you get set up. I found that sometimes is the hardest thing is people are like, I don't know how to set it up. I don't know what to do. And, mm -hmm. you know. And so being able to explain that, I think, is really helpful. And, and being able to share why it's a protection to them, why it's helpful to them. And then again, guaranteeing that satisfaction. There will be no frustrations because this is how, how it's done. Right. If they still are like, nope, I won't do it. I just won't do it. Then, then it's something to consider. If a teacher chooses to go against their policy of only accepting credit cards or whatever it might be, then I would make sure there's another something in place that says if payments aren't received, then this is what will occur, you know, mm -hmm. or if payment isn't made on time, then automatic payment will be required kind of a thing. So you have something to come back to because that's right. a little, you know, it's hard. Yes. Yeah, that's good. Okay. Yeah. So you were talking about the satisfaction um, and that was your third point. You want to yeah. expound on that? Yeah. So just having that clear understanding, kind of like I shared with my friend, you know, she was completely and totally unsatisfied because the ex expectations and guidelines hadn't been clearly stated. And what she got was nothing like what she thought she was going to get. So enhancing satisfaction, again, to me, goes both ways. Um, I mean, how many times do we see teachers saying, I am so frustrated. People are calling and canceling last minute, and they want to make up lesson or they want to refund, and I'm only getting a portion of my monthly income because, you know, and they're frustrated. Satisfaction in the business is low because their needs aren't getting met. Mm -hmm. It goes the same way for, for clients. You know, I know last time you and I talked about how you do your calendar and being able to say this is what is included and this is how tuition is paid and I don't do makeup lessons and I don't do credits you've laid out a clear expectation. They know exactly what they're getting. They know that you've accounted for cancellations and illness and whatever it is. You've accounted for that in your, in your policies, and you've explained that to them. 
And so when you get sick and aren't able to teach, their expectations are still met, you know? And so I think that having it clearly laid out, you know, again, for me, we say you receive 48 learning experiences in the year. It's clearly laid out. They know exactly what they're getting. And, and if they get more than that for some reason, then they'll be thrilled. And if they get less, well, they won't because we've told them <laughs> what we're going to get and we're not going to give them less than that. And I think that brings confidence and professionalism to a business while setting those clear expectations. Mm -hmm. So satisfaction, they'll be far more satisfied when they understand what is being offered to them. Right. Yeah, I think that's really good because a lot of times we're only thinking like you were saying earlier, well, okay, you're making these policies and being confident for yourself so that, mm -hmm. you know, for your own sanity and, and less stress. But it's it's for the client too, right? And Totally. Yeah, even if, even for the mere fact of the teacher being less stressed, you know, and calm and everything because yeah. everything's running smoothly, well, then that's going to help the teaching environment, you know, that's going to help their own attitude. hundred percent. Right. A hundred, hundred, hundred percent. And, and, and it, it creates the atmosphere where trust and loyalty can be built. I mean, that to me is the essence of it all is that trust and loyalty both ways. I understand what you want and here's what I'm going to give. And I understand what you want and here's what you're going to give, you know, I think that's huge and yeah. such an important, you know, I, I have had a relationship with policies in the past where they give me anxiety and I think about them and I overthink them and I rewrite them and re, you know, trying to just make sure I've covered everything and that everyone is happy. <laughs> and I'm finally to a point where I can think, okay, what is, like I said, what is the reason and what is the purpose and how is it going to benefit not only the business, but me and them? Yeah. And they're a positive thing and when you look at it in that light. Yeah. So let's talk about how would you get confident if you're not already? Do you have any oh. advice on that? Yeah, I, I told you I needed this conversation this week. I had a really, really hard situation that I wasn't expecting. It came out of nowhere. And it, it kind of sucked my confidence right out of me for a couple days. It took a couple days for me to process and, and recover. And, and so it, we, we can do all we can to be confident. Things are going to happen that might shake that confidence for a little bit or for a time. I think it gives us a chance to reevaluate and adjust if we need to. Um, but how to be confident, I think, is going back to those three things. First of all, can we explain the protection that it's offering, the efficiency that it's bringing, and the satisfaction that will come from it. I think if we can do those three things, then anytime we're confronted with, well, I don't want to pay for lessons I'm not getting. If, if my child is sick, then I, I think I should be able to have a makeup or I should be able to credit that to the next month or whatever. Being able to go back and say, well, I understand that that's how it seems, you know, that yes, it would be wonderful if we could provide makeup lessons to everybody. But the inefficiency that that would cause to our studio would be damaging to our teachers and to your student in the level of consistency that they would receive, you know, or however you choose to explain it. But um, being able to just, again, clarify those three things and state it back to a parent is, is going to, I think, diffuse the situation. Um, how to become confident in that? Well, I have had many conversations in front of the mirror, <laughs> you know, just practicing how I would say something or how I would address it or how I would um, 
reply and respond to somebody who's being hostile to me. And for whatever reason, practicing in front of the mirror gives me confidence because I can see what I look like. I can see, I know that sounds so silly, but I have Mm -hmm. done it. And it really does help, you know, Um, role playing, if you feel confident doing that with that with somebody, I think is really helpful. And then I think always going back, here's my, here's my big, big key. Whenever I have somebody that confronts me on a policy, if I don't feel like the conversation went well, I will sit down and I will write it out how I wish it had gone. And Mm. then I keep that. I have a folder. I have a literal folder of my responses so that if the question comes up again, I can go back and I can look, you know, and there's nothing wrong. There's nothing wrong with saying to somebody, I would like to have a conversation with you about this. I need some time to think about it and I'll get back with you. Mm-hmm. That's one of the things that I've had to learn. I felt like I had to answer them right then on the spot. My heart would be beating fast. I'd be nervous, you know, and I felt confronted and defensive. And being able to say, I'm going to come back to this conversation has been really helpful. So I go back and I read what I wrote. I read and I think, okay, does this answer their concerns? If not, I add in what I need to. And then I just practice that until I feel confident in it. It's for me, it does not come naturally to be confident in hard discussions. And so um, that that's kind of my method and keeping, like I said, that little file that you can refer back to. And if you're going to respond in an email, it's great because then you already have everything written up. You don't have to think about it and go through the emotions of it all over again. You just be confident in sending your message and and allowing the process to happen. Yeah, that's really good. That And that's really smart. What you did, you know, is write out how you would have said it. Mm-hmm. And, and then you have it for later. Um, I try to keep the emotions out of it. So I, mm-hmm. I hear examples of other teachers defending their policies and, and getting emotional, you know, mm-hmm. like, well, I'm sorry, I can't do that because then how would I do this? And I, I wouldn't have the income and then my family would suffer. Mm-hmm. And I really hope you understand that, you know, it's like, no, 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 no. Don't go on and on. Like, Mm-mm. take the emotions out of it. Keep it brief. Um, I forget what you said earlier, but about this thing, I say strict, but with a smile. You oh, said... Um, confident conf- and kind. Confident and kind, right. Yeah. I say strict, but with a smile, you know, so you can be sympathetic. Like, oh, I'm so sorry that you had that un- unexpected thing mm-hmm. come up. Um, but yeah, we, you know, we don't do makeup, so I'll see you next week, you know, that mm-hmm. kind of thing. So just brief... Keep the emotions out of it, um, and and um, yeah, strict but with a smile, confident. Yeah, yeah. I I always cringe a little bit when teachers bring in personal, like like you mentioned a minute ago. I have to pay my bills. I have to, you know. The reality is that's not the client's problem right. or their issue, right? Mm-hmm. And so sharing those things isn't helping because, frankly, they don't, how you pay your bills or how you, isn't, isn't their concern. But right. by being able to just say, you know, I, I don't offer makeup lessons. And like you said, leaving the emotion out of it is so, so, so important. Yeah. And this goes for clients, too. They don't need to explain Right. So like if you're going to have some complicated makeup policy with you have to have a valid excuse, then you're going to have clients telling you these Mm -hmm. giant sob stories, you know, oh, well, this week my daughter had this and I had to go there and can we, you know, right. Mm -hmm. And so it actually takes the pressure off of them if it's, for example, our favorite policy of no makeup policy. Right. Um, They don't have to do any of that. Right. They just Mm -hmm. say, hey, sorry, we're not coming Friday. Mm-hmm. Right, because I don't care yes. if it's an emergency or they just don't feel like it or 
they have a party or they forgot or like it doesn't matter. They don't have to explain. Mm -hmm. They don't have to try to like, you know, oh, I'm applying for an exception. And right. Right. So it's just easier for everybody. Right. Well, and it is that one for me is a little tougher to do than to say, because usually when people want to get out of a policy, right, when they want to break the policy, they are going to bring emotion into it because that tends to be how we convince ourselves to to do or not to do something yeah so when they call and say um oh but they really want to go to this birthday party you know they really struggle with making friends and this is just an opportunity for them to go and i'm sure you understand how important like you want them to feel loved and i know that you care about them and so you'll recognize that this birthday party is really important right and then you're thinking if i say no then I look like a jerk. And Mm -hmm. so it kind of makes you want to say, sure, I'll give you a makeup lesson. Go ahead and go to the birthday party because you're you're you've been fed that emotion and you feel it and you feel Mm -hmm. sympathetic and you do love little Johnny and you do want him to have friends and all of those things. But again, being able to just clearly say, oh, I do want Johnny to have friends and I I know that he would enjoy the birthday party. You are welcome to go to the birthday party. And I hope he has a wonderful time, but I am not able to give a makeup lesson. You know, then you're addressing the emotions and you're saying, yes, I do care. I do want him to have fun. But. Right. So, yeah. And in, in that case, you know, it's like, yeah, you're right. It does seem so important for him to go to the birthday party. It's so important that you should just go to the birthday party. Forget Mm -hmm. the piano lesson. Mm -hmm. That's an easy answer. Yes. And then, like you said, I love that because it takes you out of the, um, oh, I always feel like they're calling me to beg my permission. Mm -hmm. And I hate that. Like, I don't want to have to give you permission to go or not go. Like, please just go. If that's what you want to do, just go. But again, understand that you are forfeiting this lesson and learning to be okay with that has been hard for me. It really has. It, it, it's been a hard one. Okay. Here's another one that I saw just recently. Um, a teacher was incredibly frustrated because people weren't communicating on the WhatsApp app that she had set up for her studio to communicate. Mm -hmm. And she was frustrated because people weren't reading and responding. And so I, I was kind of intrigued. And so I asked and I said, so what kind of communication are you doing through this? Cause in my mind, I'm thinking, why not email or just a regular text, Mm -hmm. you know? So it ended up that that's what she was using for people to be able to try and switch lessons Mm. with other people. So she was frustrated because people only used it if they wanted to cancel, but they weren't really replying or helping other people that wanted to cancel. Right. So I started thinking about that and I was like, okay, I can see why she's frustrated. That is really hard when you are wanting a result or you're wanting someone to take action and they're not. But I also saw it from the other side where I thought, okay, again, efficiency, right? You've created a system where you're allowing people to swap lessons, which is totally up to you if that's what you want to do. But you're asking them to go to an outside app that they may or may not have to communicate and coordinate what they want. And in doing that, everybody on that app is getting messages. How many, I think she had 50 students, right? So how many messages, and she's using the same app or the same thread to communicate Mm. important studio business. Here's the thing. If they're getting all of these messages for people wanting to reschedule and they don't want to reschedule, they're going to tune out the app Mm -hmm. and all the messages coming through it. And then they are going to miss your important information, right? Yeah. 
So my thought was, I mean, she was so, so frustrated and she was looking for suggestions on how to get people to read the message. I thought, well, you can't, you're never going to change the behavior of the people. You got to change the system. You got to change the policy. Yeah. So I think making sure what my point in all of that is, is that if you're going to have a policy, you got to have a simple and efficient way for families to follow through on that policy. So if you're going to offer makeup lessons, find a way to do it that does not require, because in my mind, I'm thinking that system would drive me nuts because for one, I, while I want to be helpful, my schedule is not super flexible. And if I was getting texts all the time of people wanting me to change my time for their time, I'd be really frustrated, right? And then the whole system of having to communicate, okay, well then if you do this, then I'll do this. And I just thought I, I, I would give up. I wouldn't want to do that, you know? Mm -hmm. And so it's gotta be everything that you do again, whether it's, um, you do a annual schedule. Well, where do they go to find the calendar for the schedule so that they know what that is? If it's tuition, how do they pay it? That's the simplest, easiest possible way. And if you do do makeup lessons, then how do they do that in the easiest, most efficient possible way? You know, mm -hmm. so if you're going to have a policy, I think that you'll be far more confident in that policy if it's easy to implement and easy to follow through for the client. I'll give an example on that. I have a policy currently that I have got to change because it's causing more problems than it is helping. And it's we we require a 30 day notice if somebody's going to withdraw but we we require that before the first day of the next billing cycle and that's the part that's getting me in trouble so instead of just saying we require a 30 day notice we're saying we require 30 days and you have to give it before the first of the month of the month that you want to be your last month like it's very confusing yeah and while we have a reason for that, I've decided that the reason is not outweighing the frustration that it's causing. Because when people call and they want to cancel and they call on the fifth of the month and we say, well, actually, you can't withdraw now until you got to do this whole month and mm -hmm. the next month and then you can withdraw and then they're not happy mm -hmm. because of a easily misunderstood portion of that, that policy. So I am going to change that one. Can you just say no refunds? Or yeah, maybe so you already do. Refunds. We don't give refunds. But unlike you, because I've thought about you a lot, you do, you require first and last month when they sign up, right? Right. So you already have, okay, we do not do that. Mm. But we want a 30-day notice and so, oh, right. so that we have time to fill the spot and our teachers have a consistent schedule. So we have good reason for it. But we wanted to have that notice before the first of the month so that we don't run, again, efficiency. When if they give 30 days notice in the middle of the month and then that causes us to have to go in and prorate the last month because they're only taking a portion of the lessons for that month. Right. Yeah. It gets that complicated. Yeah. Cause if you say 30 days, that means they can tell you any time, but they get 30 more. Right. So they could tell you on the 17th. Mm -hmm. So they're going to take lessons until the next 17th. Right. But then how do they pay? Exactly. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah. And that's why we had tried to say, you have to let us know before the first of the month right. so that that next payment does not come out. Yeah. But they're not doing that. So it's caused, it really has caused a lot of frustration. So I, that's the one policy that I have right now that I'm not happy with and that I feel like I need to, to tweak. So um, one thing I was going to say also in being confident about your policies is making sure that you've communicated them clearly and if anybody has the answer to this, I would love to hear it because I try and communicate so, so, so clearly and we still have issues that come up. But for us, when somebody inquires about lessons, we do send them our policies because we want them to know right up front what it is that we 
require. Um, then when they schedule a, a trial or not a trial, yeah, a trial lesson, then we send it to them again. And when they register, we send it to them again. And, you know, with the, you need to sign this before you'll have a spot on the calendar. Mm -hmm. So they've already received it three times at the point that they've registered. Once they register, we send it again and say, thank you for signing our policies. Here's a copy for you to keep. And then we put a copy in their student's binder. <laughs> so five times yeah. by the time they have <clears throat> registered, we still get people that say, oh, I didn't know that was, you know, and you think, well, I can be confident in this right now because I can go back and I can say, we notified you here, 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 and here, you know, that I don't feel like I've done anything wrong or shady or you know, that we weren't forthcoming with our policies. And that gives me confidence. Yeah. So making sure that you've communicated them clearly, I think is important. And then, mm -hmm. like I said, constantly refining them as you need to. If something isn't working for you, look at why, you know, and, and refine it if you need to. Yeah, absolutely. Well, we're getting ready to wrap up. I wanted to suggest too, as far as how to actually be confident, um, you can just pretend <laughs> and mm -hmm. see where that gets you. Because this has worked for me for like performance anxiety um, mm. in college, you know, like, wow, yeah. I, I just getting ready to get up and play my piece or whatever. And my teacher was like, just act, you know, like, what, what happens if you just go on stage and you're like, I'm going to act like long, long or something. Uh -huh. And that actually helped, you know, like, because it wasn't me trying to do it. I was just like, oh, I'm going to act like mm -hmm. I'm somebody who's out here and I'm confident I don't have nerves. Right. <laughs> so teachers, you can try like, OK, next time somebody asks me or confronts me something about my policy, I'm going to act like Tiffany or I'm going to act like Clinton. Right. Mm -hmm. And just be kind and but strict and brief and no emotion and just mm -hmm. see what that happens. Um, yes. I, I think that could help. I agree with that. I mean, there's been times where I'm talking to somebody and I'm looking in the eye and I'm thinking in my mind, okay, I'm being confident. I'm going to stand tall, you know, and I'm just talking myself through, like I said, like my heart's going a hundred miles an hour. And in my mind, I'm thinking, I'm scared to death of this person right now. It sounds so silly to say that, but it just, it happens. You know, there have been times when there have been confrontations that have just been hard. And I have had to look strong on the outside while inside I'm just barely holding it together, you know? Yeah. And that's okay. If it's practice, it's, it's the same with what we teach, right? We teach these kids, you practice and you get better at what you do. And so practicing your policies, I think is a fair expectation to have. And, and then I would add on top of that, keeping it simple, right? Like we were talking about, don't let emotion get into it. Don't let all the details get into it. Um, I had a teacher send me their policies and their policies were like three pages, single spaced. And I was like, oh, it's too much. It's just too much to work through. And, and it's too much to try and explain. Keep it simple. And then and then it's easier for people to follow and understand. So Yeah. I have another quick story. So this was many years ago before I had automatic payments for tuition. So people okay. just wrote checks and brought them, you know, and mm -hmm. if they were late, they, they were supposed to pay a late fee. So I had this client who they were late and... It was supposed to be a late fee. And then if it was even more late, like a week or something, you know, I had in the policy that no lesson will be given until they're paid. So she drops off the student without the check. I, you know, I had warned her. I'd said, per the policy, the tuition is due plus the late fee. And if, if you don't bring it today, there's no lesson because you haven't paid. But she dropped off the student, <laughs> made it awkward, right? So I was oh, like, totally. okay, what do I do? So I told the student kindly, oh, I'm so sorry, sweetie. You don't have a lesson today. Um, you can just wait. I'll call your mom to come and pick you up. Because I didn't want to tell her, like, oh, you didn't pay, right? Yeah. So I called the mom. I said, I'm sorry. You got to come and pick her up. I told you if you didn't pay, there's no lesson. She came back 
with the payment and the late fee and like two more months. Oh, and it never happened again. Right. Yeah. And I was afraid that I would, you know, make her mad or or they would never come Mm -hmm. back and I would lose them. But I I was practicing my confidence like, nope, Mm -hmm. this is what it is. I've got to. And I hated talking on the phone, too. I preferred texting. I'm like, I've got to call her right now and just tell her. And just stand up to the ballsy. And um, yeah, it worked. <laughs> and 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 I, I've been in situations like that, too. There's we could you know, what would be so fun, Clinton, is sometime to do a, a podcast on funny interactions, you know, of these types of things. Mm-hmm. And I had a parent that didn't agree with the flat rate tuition and would always deduct amounts when there mm. was less, you know, but she would never add amounts on when there was five weeks in a month, but she right, sure was happy right. to take payment off when there was only three, you know? Mm-hmm. And so, oh, it's just hard. It was just hard. And, and the reality is there are going to be times when you will lose a client that they will feel frustrated or angry and, and you will lose them. And that's what happened to me this week. And it was really hard. And it was a student that I adore. They've been with me for five years and Mm. is doing great. And it's tough. You know, there will be times, but again, I just felt like I have to be fair Mm. and I stand by my policy. I stand by why it's there and I am going to be fair. It's part of my integrity, honestly, you know, that I'm not going to bend my policies for people who are frankly being disrespectful of me and my time and the business. And so there will be times, but I believe that in the end, you'll be better off because you'll have a stronger, healthier business and you'll replace with people who understand and who will be respectful of you and your time and the business. So, yeah, well, that's a great note to end on. Um, Thanks again, Tiffany, for coming back and let's do it again. For sure. (laughs) For sure. Yep. Thanks for having me, Clinton. I really appreciate it. All right. Well, take care and everyone uh, make sure you subscribe. Go to thepianosenseiway.com and also on YouTube so that you can see our lovely faces. Um, The YouTube channel is also The Piano Sensei Way. Take care.